The Holy Spirit is our great lawyer. The one that stands before us. The one that brings not only things into our remembrance, things that have happened in our past, he reminds us. And whenever I need help, he stands for me as a lawyer and he defends my life before those that are trying to accuse me by bringing that knowledge that he's given to me in my life so I can represent Christ in my life. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's lesson from Raul returns to the book of Acts, and we're glad you've tuned in for a look at the Apostle Paul's unshakable faith under fire. In a world that's increasingly hostile to the Lord, it's good for us to be reminded that we don't have to compromise in our allegiance. We can trust the Holy Spirit to be our guide and defense as we witness to God's truth. Here's Raul Reese now in the book of Acts. Paul the Apostle made three missionary journeys. He loved to go from city to city giving the gospel of Jesus Christ and then going back and checking to see if these people still were walking with the Lord. That's a real shepherd. One that cares for his people. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, they hated it because they were supposed to be the spiritual leaders of the nation. And now he's standing before these people, these religious leaders that don't like him. But he stands his ground. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And this is what I will do and I will complete with this thing. In this chapter that we're going to be studying, we see the Roman legal system. At work, and three men each making a contribution. You'll see in a moment here. So he starts out in verse 1 of chapter 24. He says, And after five days, Ananias, the high priest, he was the high priest of authority in the Jewish nation there, he came down to the elders, a certain orator named Tertullus, that this given evidence to the governor against Paul. So Tertullus is a big lawyer, a big lawyer. I mean, they got the best to try Paul because they want to see Paul in prison. They want Paul to really be tried and put into prison. Now, the elders here are members of the Sanhedrin. Some of them are Sadducees and the high priests. And what's incredible about Tertullus here, he is a professional attorney He has knowledge in Roman law. He understands Roman law. So they hire him because Paul is going to ask to go to Rome and be tried, which is incredible. He had the knowledge of the law, but also received a large amount of money for his services. They hired him to destroy Paul. Paul never, ever lost face. He says, you think I'm guilty? Go ahead and try me. I know that I have a better lawyer than you have. The Holy Spirit is our great lawyer. The one that stands before us. The one that brings not only things into our remembrance. Things that have happened in our past. He reminds us. 
And whenever I need help, he stands for me as a lawyer and he defends my life before those that are trying to accuse me by bringing that knowledge that he's given to me in my life so I can represent Christ in my life. Especially to other people that are trying to try you. In verse 2 he says, And when he was called upon Tertullus, began his accusation saying, Now, this is interesting here. He's talking to Felix. And remember, Paul already witnessed it to Felix. And Felix is making an excuse every time Paul would witness to him. But here we notice that he begins his case with an empty line of flattery. And he says, Tertullus begins his accusation saying, Seeing that through you, Felix, we enjoy great peace. You talk about somebody doing what he's doing. In prosperity, notice, in prosperity is being brought to this nation by your foresight. Man, everything is happening because of you, Felix. When he talks about great peace that he was talking about, the freedom that God had given to them, and yet you had these Jews, they wanted to take Paul, destroy Paul. So Paul was not only standing as God, not only put him in that place, but not being afraid of what was going to happen to him, but he knew that God would stand for him, no matter what he would go through. And when he talks about this foresight there, it was used often for providence of God. It was in the Hellenistic and Judaism that they would use it. And then I thought about this when I read the next verse. He says, We accepted always in all places most noble Felix with all thankfulness. Notice, a title of honor, noble Felix. Felix, you're the greatest. Pure flattery, not to be tedious to you, Felix, any further, I beg you to hear by your courtesy a few words from us. Notice that. And history shows that Felix was a violent person. I mean, he was a violent person. He hated people. And here Felix is standing back as he's listening to this lawyer. He says, for we have found this man, Paul, a plague. Man, has anybody ever said that about you? We find him as a plague. A creator of dissension. Paul never brought dissension to anybody. Among all the Jewish throughout the world. Notice Jewish throughout the world. A ringleader. He even tried to profane the temple. When did he do that? When did he ever do that? To try to profane the temple. And we seized him. He went into the temple like you are here tonight to worship the Lord. But there were people in that temple that knew him and hated him. So they wanted to set him up. And he said when he came in, he wanted to throw everybody out. And when he went in, he was trying to deceive us because we were worshiping our God. And he came in not only to create problems. And he wasn't doing that. He was worshiping God. Just like everybody else. And by the way, people knew him. Remember, he was in Jerusalem many times. And he was, before he became a Christian, he spent a lot of time in Jerusalem. And the Pharisees knew him because Paul was a Pharisee also of Pharisees. They believed that Paul was in the 72 called the Sanhedrin. That at one time Paul was married or his wife died or his wife left him. That's what they believe. Because in order to be in the Sanhedrin, you had to have a wife. And he had no wife. 
And Paul the Apostle, man, I'm, I want to see him in heaven. I want to meet him in heaven. He's probably one of the apostles that has touched my life so tremendously. As I read his epistles, as I read his letters. And then he goes on to say, and he, verse 6, and he even tried to profane the temple, and we seized him and wanted to judge him according to our law. Well, Paul knew the law. This was a serious charge, which not only had to prove that Paul could not only receive the death penalty, if this is true, Paul the apostle could receive the death penalty. He could receive that. So imagine Paul sitting there, knowing me that I never did anything like that, and I could really go to the penalty of death. They could kill me. They could execute me. But Paul never defended himself. Never defended himself. He stood on the rock. The rock is Jesus Christ. Verse 7. But the commander Lysias... Notice, Lysias, this is the, uh, he rescued Paul, remember, from the crowd that wanted to stone him in the previous chapter. When he had the opportunity to, to share with all these people, and all of a sudden when he speaks in Hebrew and they're listening, and when all of a sudden he talks about Jesus Christ and they start going crazy, this person says, well, what did you say that has created this problem? So he took him, protected it, and took him in. Otherwise, they would have killed Paul. So here's Lysias again. He came by. With great violence took him out of our hands. He's talking about that situation. Commanding his accusers to come to you. By examining Paul yourself, you may ascertain all these things of which we accuse Paul. Notice that. Tertullius confidently declared that by examining Paul, they would see the truth. Paul is guilty. Wow. This lawyer hated Paul. He had been bought off by money and power and trying to get a good name as he would meet all these people that had a great name, especially the leaders. And he goes on and he says, and and the Jews also assented, maintaining that these things were so. Pressing charges against Paul, saying that those things were true what they were saying. They had no proof of any of them. No proof of any of them. Paul says, okay, show me. Show me the things you're saying about me. Show them to the courts. They had nothing to say. Nothing to say. Man, we got to be careful as believers. How people can falsely accuse us. And they can bring charges against us that are not true. And Chuck had a good philosophy. He used to tell us, he says, when somebody is accusing you or judging you, Don't defend yourself. Because he who defends himself is found guilty. If you defend yourself, you're saying you're guilty. Let people accuse you and say, okay, I'll stand back and you prove it. I don't know what you have been accused of. But I mean, people that hate you, they'll accuse you in anything they can find in your life. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. For biblical resources to support and direct your walk with the Lord, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165. You'll also want to join Raul on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time. Now back to the final part of today's lesson. He says, Then Paul, after the governor, had nodded to him to speak. 
The governor said, this, okay, Paul, go ahead. What do you want to say? Inasmuch as I, Paul, know that you have been for many years a judge of this nation, I, Paul, do more cheerfully answer for myself. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I know you've been a judge for a long time, and now thank you for allowing me to speak up for myself. Paul had no lawyer. He speaks up for himself. He had the lawyer, the Holy Spirit. He says, verse 11, because you have ascertained that it is no more than 12 days since I went up to Jerusalem to worship. Verse 12, and they neither found me in the temple disputing. I wasn't disputing people. I was worshiping there just like them. He says, disputing with anyone or enticing the crowd, either in the synagogue nor in the city. I just went and had my life. I went, I shared the gospel, I went home at night, I slept, I got up the next morning, and then I went out, I worked, and I did whatever I had to do. But these people hated him so much, they were looking for something in his life to try him and to execute him. Completely and fully, Paul the Apostle. And and when I was reading verse 14, I got blown away because in verse 14 he says, but this I confess to you that according to the way, who's the way? Remember the Christian church. Three times has used the way, the beginning of the Christian church, the beginning of the church. Notice in the first century that God had given all these people to get saved. It started with 120 and in the same day, 3,000 people were saved in chapter two of the book of Acts. So Paul here representing himself, a faithful observer of the Jews, he says. Number two, we see here the Christianity, the way. So I worship the God of my fathers. Notice, going back to the Old Testament. I believe in the Old Testament, Abraham, Moses, I mean, Joshua, all these people from the past. He says, I look at them, I believe what is written about them, and these are my family, he says. I worship the God of my fathers, believing in all things which are written where? In the law and the prophets. Wow, the whole Old Testament. Notice this. The law is not only the entire Old Testament, but the prophets were the ones that were called not only to imply about prophesying. And one of the prophets told Paul, Paul, if you go to Jerusalem, you're in trouble. They hate you there. They're going to wrestle. They're going to try you. And then what's going to happen to you? But Paul said, listen, God, call me. I'm going. You can't not do something that God has called you to do. When it burns in your heart, you got to do it and pay the consequences. Paul, the apostle, was such a person. He blows me away the way he did that. Believing here, it implies what? A continual trusting in the Lord and obeying his word. Obeying his word. And then he goes on in verse 15. He continues to speak. And this is so cool. He says, I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept. I mean, what they believe, I believe. That there will be a resurrection of the dead, both the just and the unjust. So he's talking about two resurrections. He's talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ when he died and he resurrected. And for 40 days, he was with the disciples. And then on the 40th day, remember, he went up. On the 50th day, remember, he told them to wait because on the 50th day, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit would come. But those 40 days that Jesus spent 
with the disciples. He had a resurrected body. That's the first resurrection. The second resurrection, listen carefully. It's in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, verse 11 through 15. We call that not the beam of seed of Christ. We call that the what? The white throne judgment of God. That's when those that are dead will stand in the presence of God that are in hell. And they're going to be opening the books. So the Lord's going to open the books. And he's going to say this. And whoever's name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. The second resurrection. Forever. Forever and ever. And here Paul is sharing the gospel with them. Look, you guys, this is where it's at. In Hebrews 9.27, remember, he says an appointed man to die and then the judgment comes. We're all going to die, but we're all going to be judged too. My judgment, your judgment, when you came to the cross of Jesus Christ, you accepted him. What did you do? You confessed all your sins. He took them. He buried them in the deepest part of the ocean. And he says this. He remembers them no more. No more. Don't look back to your past. It's not there. Look to your present and look to the future. That's what the gospel of Jesus Christ teaches to each one of us individually. And then verse 16, he says, This being so I myself always strive, have a conscience without offense toward God and men. Paul was free from causing offenses against men or against God. Listen, he says, I've never offended anyone here. I have never offended my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I mean, Paul must have been the most incredible man that stood before the Lord and he loved Jesus and people saw his life and they go, hey, that guy right there, man, is an amazing person. Don't mess with him because he has a Lord. Everybody could tell that he was a Christian and they lived a life of holiness. And then he goes on to say, and this being I myself always strive, we notice have a conscience without offense toward God and men. And now after many years, after many years when he left Jerusalem, I came to bring alms and offerings to my nation. Notice, to my nation. Paul says, what I did is I went and collected from the body of Christ and I came to Jerusalem and I helped the church there because they were struggling and they had financial problems. I didn't take one penny from them, but I brought the pennies that were given to me by the church, and we gave it to the church in Jerusalem. I love that. When the church helps other people, it's so awesome. And I think that the church needs to look through Paul the Apostle what he did. And maybe you're here tonight, and I know there are people in the body here that are helping other people, because I've seen it. And it's so cool that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And Paul had that philosophy. He never asked for money. He went around and told the people the need, and then the people would collect the money. And Paul, here's what we collected. Go ahead and take it and give it to them, because we love them. Taking care of the poor. And after many years, I came to bring alms offerings to my nation. And in the middle of which some Jews from Asia Minor found me purified in the temple, neither with a mob nor with a tumult. And then they ought to have been here before you. Where are their accusations? Where are they? They're accusing me, so where are they? An object if they had anything against me. Or else, 
Let those who are here themselves say if they found any wrongdoing in me while I stood before the council. You got something against me? Tell it to my face right now. I mean, Paul was bold. You go ahead and tell me. Unless it is for this one statement, which I cried out standing among them, concerning the resurrection of the dead, I am being judged by you this day? Are you kidding me? Because I believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Is this why I'm being tried? That I believe that when I die, I'm going to be in the presence of God? What do you believe? It's so awesome the way Paul deals with it. And and then he says this in verse 22 now. But when Felix heard these things, so he's listening, having more accurate knowledge of the way. Now notice what it says there. He had more knowledge of the way. Why? Because Paul had been witnessing to him and letting him know that there were people that had been saved and they had churches. The way. Heard these things, having more accurate knowledge of the way. He adjourned the proceeding and said, when Lysias, the commander comes, I will make a decision on your case. Right now, I can't make a decision until I get more information. So we're going to wait. Verse 23. So he commanded the centurion to keep Paul and to let him have liberty and told him not to forbid any of his friends to provide or visit him. So they say that Paul had two Roman soldiers. They would have him chained. And that not only he would give him the gospel, but here he's given him the freedom for his friends to come and visit him and to be with him and to pray with him. Then verse 24. And after the same day, when Felix came to his own wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. So here again, he gets to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And now here, Drusilla she was one of the uh, three daughters of Herod Agrippa I, the king of Palestine, who died suddenly in Caesarea. The people, because he called himself uh, God, remember Acts chapter 12, he turned into worms, and the Lord wiped him out right there. And then he says, and now as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid to answer, go away from now. When I have a more convenient time, I will call for you. He doesn't make and say, you know what, Paul? I believe in Jesus Christ. He doesn't make a commitment. He makes an excuse. Next time we meet, well, next time might be too late. How many people have you invited to church and they'll say, well, next time. And next time never comes. When things like that happen, we need to make a decision immediately. Immediately. Are we going to do it or are we not going to do it? In verse 26, and meanwhile, he also hoped that money would be given to him by Paul. So you see, they're after the money. He's telling about Jesus and he's thinking, well, Paul's going to give me some money for this. Therefore, he sent for him more often and conversed with him. But after two years... Perseus, Festus, succeeded Felix. He comes to the end. And Felix wanting to do the Jews a favor and left Paul bound. Scripture tells us that as end-time believers, we can expect increasing opposition to our faith. 
We hope that Paul's example has been a motivation for you to stand strong in the face of antagonism. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review the message you've just heard, call 800-634-9165, and we'll send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. Simply ask for Raul's lesson from Acts chapter 24. We'd also like to equip you with a helpful resource. Rawls' four-part study of the Holy Spirit provides biblical assurance that God is always with you, filling you with the wisdom, compassion, and boldness you need to champion the gospel. Available on either CD or flash drive, this series will deepen your faith as you explore the Lord's all-encompassing provision of His Holy Spirit. To purchase Rawls for message study, visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165. We'll send your USB drive for a gift of $12 or the CD collection for $19. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. You can also write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. And don't hesitate to take advantage of all of our free resources. We've archived every Somebody Loves You radio program so you can download podcasts and enjoy more of Rawls' teaching anytime, anywhere. Look for us on iTunes and Spotify. You'll also want to download our app for easy access to digital Bible studies, live streamed teaching, and much more. And if you have Bible questions that you'd like Roll to clarify or prayer requests you'd like him to address, email him at pastorroll at somebodylovesyou.com. Somebody Loves You Radio with Roll Reese is a listener-supported ministry, and we are so thankful for your partnership in sharing the matchless wisdom of God's Word. Next time on Somebody Loves You Radio, we'll go back to the Word of God for more life-giving insights to strengthen your faith. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.